Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. In news from Mexico, at the age of 74, Hugo Morales became the first Latino in the United States and the first indigenous Mexican to receive an honorary doctorate from Harvard University in recognition of his work as founder and executive director of Radio Bilingue, the public radio station. Without the participation of the indigenous Mixtec, Triqui and Zapotec volunteers who have dared to dream, we would not exist because at Radio Bilingue we all participate, declared Morales. In Colombia, Emiro Nel Sanchez Medrano, who was a prominent land claimant leader in Cordoba and Antioquia, was found murdered. He represented thousands of families and participated in the creation of the Victims and Land Restitution Law. On June 9th, this leader was intercepted by armed men in the village of Carapatas in the municipality of Aboletis, Antioquia, after leaving a meeting. Emiro Nel Sanchez was with the bodyguard assigned to him by the National Protection Unit, who was disarmed. The crime was condemned by the High Commissioner for Peace, who unsuccessfully demanded that the peasant leader's life be spared. And in news from Southeast Asia, eight global organizations who champion environmental and conservation issues have launched the Southeast Asia Climate and Nature-Based Solutions Coalition during Eco-Spirity Week which took place during the first week of June. The coalition aimed at accelerating the investment in nature-based solutions to climate change and to ensure benefits flow to local communities and support the delivery of an investment in high-quality, triple-benefit nature-based solutions across the Southeast Asia region. The coalition is aimed at accelerating the investment in nature-based solutions to climate change and to ensure the benefits flow to local communities and also to support the delivery of an investment in high-quality, triple-benefit nature-based solutions across the Southeast Asia region. And in news from Taiwan, Taiwan's unrecognized indigenous peoples are reviving extinct languages to achieve recognition. The Pingpu are an indigenous group which has been denied recognition as indigenous peoples in Taiwan. They have their own distinct language which is deemed extinct by UNESCO. The Pingpu group have formed an organization and accelerated their efforts for cultural preservation and their language revival by developing a dictionary and teaching in informal classrooms. There are currently 16 officially recognized indigenous peoples in Taiwan. To the Philippines now, Cynthia Didiro, an exiled Filipino activist, is calling on the Philippine government to halt all construction works on a 109-meter-high dam on the Jola River because it is forcing indigenous inhabitants out of the area. The authorities, without taking consent from the indigenous communities inhabiting the area, started the construction, said Diduro. According to Diduro, indigenous communities are living in and around the Juala River and are dependent on the land's resources to survive. The construction proposal for the dam was initiated in 2009, but the indigenous people were never informed about the plans to build a dam. This is not the first time that the indigenous people of the area have been forced to fight for their lands, she continues, pointing out that at present stopping the dam project is a main concern. And in news from Nepal, the Asia Indigenous Peoples PAC, an umbrella organization of indigenous peoples organizations in Asia, and the International Work Group for Indigenous Affairs, a Denmark-based organization dedicated to work on the issues and rights of indigenous people globally, condemned the violent response to peaceful protests by the indigenous peoples movement in Nepal. The protests so far caused at least 45 people to be injured and one life was claimed in the clashes. Furthermore, 31 people were arrested but have been released since. Some are facing criminal charges. Indigenous peoples are peacefully protesting since province number one was renamed as Koshi province from March the 2nd, 2022. 
and in news from India, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Mr. Volker Turk, urged an investigation into the root cause of the ethnic clash in Manipur. On May 26th, by issuing a statement on the Manipur ethnic clash, the Commissioner urged authorities to investigate the root cause. Since May 3rd, the northeastern Indian state of Manipur has witnessed repeated inter-ethnic clashes, primarily between two local ethnic communities, the Meitei and the Kuki. The violence has resulted in over 75 deaths and the burning of at least 1,700 buildings. More than 35,000 people are currently displaced, with many now living in one of the 315 relief camps in the state. As the fighting continues, these numbers may also rise. And in news from Africa, in Morocco, the Education Minister announced recently that Morocco plans to gradually extend the teaching of the Amazigh language in primary schools. The teaching of the Amazigh language will benefit some 4 million plus pupils in 12,000 primary schools by 2030, said National Education Minister Chakib Ben Musa at a press briefing. Amazigh activists have long demanded the preservation of the language which is currently taught to only 330,000 students. In South Africa, Parliament has to redraw the new Traditional and Khoisan Leadership Act after the Constitutional Court declared it invalid. For the first time, Khoisan traditional leaders and communities are now recognized by law. It was challenged by a group led by activist Constance Mukhali and the Land Access Movement of South Africa who argued that it ushered in other changes that negatively impacted land rights holders. In order to address the problems identified, Parliament has suspended the order of invalidity for 24 months. Staying in South Africa, a substantial number of residents from Knoflokskral, a rural land that has been occupied by the descendants of Khoisan people, have recently staged a protest on the N2 highway in Khrabou in the Western Cape province in South Africa. The protesters are demanding that the Department of Public Works provide them with water and electricity and lift the ban that is preventing them from fixing their damaged homes. The United Knoflokskral Khoisan Council has sent a memorandum to the department that details their requests. There are many people living at Knoflokskral who consider themselves reclaimers and not squatters who have historical rights to the land. That is all for this edition of Cultural Survival's Global News Bulletin. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter. Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power.